This show is very not safe for work. The works being read do not represent the views of the hosts or guests. This show is a roast and should not be taken seriously. All right, where was I? Oh, Brady, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ooh, ah. Uh. After releasing her comb, Carolyn might go back to the steady stroking. It's a weird Phil Collins song. Moving in perfect rhythm. It's not unusual to be fucked by Greg Brady. It's not unusual to get eight inches of his penis. And when you have him inside your gaping vagina, don't you know that he's gonna do you right? As the new year and new decade dawns on us all, the promised prophecy has finally come to pass. Steve was about to become... a parent? Aw, what a cutie. I'm so happy to meet you, dump truck treg borts. Why are you trying to name my son? His name is going to be Drink for Ugg. I beg your pardon. As the father of this child, I decree his name be Professor Otto von Schnitzelpuss Krakendisch Schagmeier. Wait a minute. If Steve was the mom instead of the dad, then one, when did he become an Omega? And two, who's the father? Stay tuned to Friday Night Fan Fiction to find out all the juicy dramatic details and occasionally reads of some terrible fan fiction. think this baby's allowed to be born like in our month that's kind of stealing our thunder right the baby's not gonna be born in november you don't know that (laughs) (laughs) i need to just do an extra five months also i don't have a birthday in november what the fuck are you talking about yeah it's a birthday in july you crack at it (laughs) that's the joke dave you don't even send me presents on my actual birthday or any of the other seven birthdays that i claim legally david i don't ever send you anything in february during your birthday Yes, that is one of them the entire month of February. <laughs> well, why did you pick the shortest month? Well, no, I didn't want to seem greedy, so I, I took the shortest oh, so month. so you took the shortest one. <laughs> right. But every four years, like this one, an extra day of presence gets added. Oh, is it a leap year? It is a leap year, yes. Yeah. Oh, but it's still shorter. I'm going to keep gluing beard. <laughs> Their game of the year was Call of Duty Modern Warfare. They can't believe that Activision hadn't done that yet. (laughs) And they said it's Activision's Abbey Road. Oh, God. (laughs) Best educational game is Division (laughs) 2. Division 1 was hard as fuck, but this is the new math. Division (laughs) 2. Worst level design in a game goes to Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Why would you put the hard boss at the beginning of the game? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Best console is Google Stadia because you don't have to do anything with it. <laughs> the most fucked up ad campaign, Amazon Fire. And it's just Brazil. Oh. <laughs> Biggest ripoff of the year, Bell Dalphine's Bathwater. It just tastes like regular bathwater. <laughs> Logan, we need to get you some of those uh, IntelliFuck pills so that you can fuck more and also have more memory. Ah, uh, yeah, Logan's memory foam penis. Jeez, no. <laughs> you just said that, and I immediately think that Logan unzips his fly and out flops one of those we are number one styrofoam hands. <laughs> yeah, once it hits air, it expands. <laughs> those aren't memory foam. 
<laughs> it's the most comfortable styrofoam hand you'll ever buy. Luxury, we are number one. What the fuck team you would it be? You keep saying we are number one, and I'm just defaulting to Robbie Rotten. Of course you are. Luxury plush memory foam, $175 novelty large one finger hand. What are we gonna make a second podcast called Friday Night Fan Fiction After Dark? God damn it. No, no, I refuse. The Council of Four cannot convene because one of you is not around. Doesn't count. Then we're just a Council of Three. You're not. The Council of Three dissolved when the Council of Four was made. You can't that's, just revert that's back. That's not how that's that not works. That's not how governments work. It actually is how governments work. No, that's it's what not. It's all in favor of it being uh, how it works, say I. Yes, it actually is. That's what happens when Elijah Cummings died. They didn't just stop making votes because a congressman just died. Just because one senator died, you don't go back to being a fucking theocracy with a king. It's not a theocracy. There's three people voting. Yeah. It's an oligarchy. We're the oligarchs. We control all the money. No, you don't. The money is in my accounts. I am the figurehead and I have the actual money. You're right. You are a figurehead. That's why it's an oligarchy. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. All right. I'm going live. You mean all that wasn't live? No. They didn't Where hear the hell's that? the live? No, they didn't hear that. God damn it. At least put that set the cold open. Yeah. See, but now they can just believe me because the first thing they're going to hear is that I am still the king. You never were. No one believes that, however much you say it. Long live the king. Then he died after that. <laughs> yeah, look how that turned out for him. Yeah, he lived until the ripe old age. and then... The ripe old age of five <laughs> seconds later when he hit the ground. Well, Mufasa did. <laughs> yeah, the king. Scar lived to fucks as established by Lion King 2, Simba's pride. Scar fucked hard, man. Wait, what? Yeah, but Scar fucked hard before all that. I mean, when you're a fucking pimp, you fuck all the time. That's what you're supposed to do. I'm pretty sure that's not what the pimp's job is. I think the pimp is, in fact, not supposed to do the fucking. I think that might be somebody else's job. I mean, sometimes you gotta test out the merchandise. Well, whatever. Where'd you get these pimps? From Scar. You know how I got these scars? Long live the king. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, after he became king, Scar was getting that stanks, uh, states, uh, state sanctioned <laughs> poon. That stank sanctioned poon. And to confirm, I'm fairly certain that Val is the father of my child. Thank you, thank you. This is Friday Night Fan Fiction Season 10, Episode 2. That's right! We recorded one in secret. I still say it's the fence. So thank you for being patient with us during our, like, 18-month hiatus. Or, wait, was it just two months? It was not even a, two months. Not even two months? Oh, right. So what did you do with your break? Oh, wait, I already asked this question during the last episode, which will be coming out real soon. Yeah, well, let's do it again, though. Sure. Uh, what did you do? Not much. What, what did you do? Learned why furry conventions are terrible. What did you do? Worked. And got in a car accident. I worked. Yeah. Oh, I also got in a car accident since the last uh, recording. No. (laughs) So that's two out of five. Val, don't get in an accident on the way home. Val will actually not be here tonight. She's in Canada spending New Year's with her family. Don't worry. Is Is she listening? Is she listening? I don't know. I don't think so. Then why'd you wish her the thing that she'll never hear? I will tell her when I call her later that I wished her this thing. Oh, I could call her now. Yeah, let's call her right now. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> oh, wait, I don't want to get international rates. I'm not going to call her. <laughs> you don't have to, Logan. All you have to do is listen to the wind and the breeze, and you'll hear her Muppet Valness. <laughs> See? Right it goes. Right there. It's, it's magical. 
The last time we tried to do this, we read for like less than half and then just asked questions because we were running out of time. Should we just go ahead? Yeah. We're going to read about fucking Pepsi Man, but not fucking Pepsi Man. There's a difference. Oh, come on. Nope. Can't do it. This is Everybody Pepsi Herald of the Next Generation by Hokaze. Summary. There are countless great turning points in history, the outcomes of which shut off potential futures and spawn yet more branching alternate timelines. There is knowledge mankind was not meant to discover, questions that should remain unanswered. Can a drink change the world? And more importantly, are we willing to let it? Will humanity ever truly reach the stars? If we do, will we still be human? Pepsi Man has a message. But in a world full of strife and exploitation, there may not be anyone who cares to hear it. Chapter 1. Origins. From Darkness into Dawn. It's very serious already. Jesus. David, you're up first. Okay. The Beginning. A chaotic maelstrom in the heart of the abyss, the depths of the void churning and bubbling like some form of stardust stew. The first irregularities to hint at a universe, at the universe, to come. So are we just, all of us reading this like it's a Nova documentary? I can do a Carl Sagan. I don't think Carl Sagan actually ever did anything for Nova. He didn't, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> and over the aeons and explosions to follow since the creation of time and space, we would return to another dark, bubbling elixir of elements. The spark of Genesis would strike a second time. And from the depths of infinite possibility, the first life would evolve. Nurtured by the primordial soup, the children of Stardust would rise up, all alone on their precious pearl floating in the sea of the void. Just like the great galactic gas clouds or burning fusion reactors twinkling in the sky, they would combine and clash, each fresh ingredient in the mix brining out something new, something novel. Something more than just the sum of its parts. Intelligent life. Was there a creator at work, carefully designing each concoction, some cosmic alchemist touched by divine inspiration, following a recipe to life, the universe, and everything? We may never know. But the pressure continued to build somewhere in the fabric of our reality, and the inky waters of creation would once more vibrate with arcane energy, ripples in time, removing all other alternatives until only one future remained. A future with a third such upheaval. Chaos in the realm of pure mathematics. A realm. Chaos in a realm of pure mathematics. Bending every known law, every constraint thought to exist, Act 3 would perhaps be the grandest of them all, a masterpiece without equal, elegant in its unassuming nature and bold in a way that would defy all reason. Once is a coincidence, twice is a chance, and the third time, a pull of the ring, a satisfying hiss, a desperate gulp, and a hearty sigh. <sighs> Pepsi for TV game. Pepsi. <sighs> They should hire us for Pepsi commercials. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just the Pepsi soothing planetarium talk. PepsiCo, get in touch with us. We'll get you lots of money. Or not. We'll get you some amount of money <laughs> less than or equal to a million dollars and greater than one can of Pepsi worth. I would like a million dollars or one can of Pepsi. No, no, that's how much money we make for them. Oh, cool. How much does it cost to get a single can of Pepsi on Amazon? 
Uh, can it's of gonna cost pe- you more in shipping. Also, can I buy a used can of Pepsi on Amazon? Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. Not that it was called that yet, nor had the preferred cylindrical vessel come existence. Why is this the first result? What? A book titled, Do You Want to Play With My Balls? <laughs> Do You Want to Play With My Balls? As read by Carl Sagan. <laughs> Published by Juniper Publishing, all rights reserved. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. I want to read the first couple pages. Why won't you play with my balls? <laughs> David, that's not part of the story. <laughs> Andrewin, play with my balls. <laughs> okay, Carl. <laughs> Carl Sagan slash Neil deGrasse Tyson. Wow. You're like a son to me, and this is a hentai. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want play balls? <laughs> Brad's drink was a start. The introduction before the catchy chorus. The first crack of dawn. Before any everyone had truly woken up. But humanity, those determined souls that blended with the harsh lessons of evolution. With the whimsy of the stars and the love of Mother Gaia's embrace. They found a way. Accident or act of God. The world would grow to know and love the bubbling liquid whose impenetrable shadows concealed the future to come. The drink with no equal, with a light sweet touch to make even those shadows seem as bright as the sun. A reminder to man, while at their worst, that their hands were no longer for waging war, for throwing spears, for brandishing technological weapons. Nay, they were meant to create to hold each other close, to point in awe, to wave to friends and loved ones, to climb beyond the tallest mountain and grasp the very heavens themselves. All right, I'm going to read next. Logan, we'll get to your stuff when we are finished the story, okay? It's funny now. I want to do it now. All right, fine. How long is it going to take you to read it? Oh, not very long. It's a children's book, kind of. All right, go ahead. Do You Want to Play With My Balls? By the Cefaldi Brothers. Hey, Louie. Do you want to play with my balls? And there's a picture of the guy waving to the kid in the house. It says, sure, Chuck. I can hold your ball sack so it won't drag on the ground. Wow, your balls are so big, I can't even fit them in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Is that it? That's all they have for the preview. That's the end of the free thing? <laughs> That's the end of the free thing. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you but for... I, I think you get the gist of the book. We have riveting. The gist of the book? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> But I'll never know for sure. Just like I can't know for sure that there aren't tacos being made for me right now in my kitchen by my dogs. I can say that there definitely aren't tacos being made for you by your dogs in your kitchen. But I don't know because I'm not looking in my kitchen right now. I am and I can see that they're making tacos for me. Wow, fuck you. (laughs) Schrodinger's dog tacos. I'm up next. It was not yet time. Many had tasted the message of Destiny's Herald, but few yet understood it. For the third era to truly begin, for Earth to become utopia, and for the trio of fate's inheritors to transform the rest of the galaxy into something truly wondrous, an avatar was needed. Mankind would bring Pepsi to other worlds, and so Pepsi would come to them in the form of a man, faceless, 
for he represented everyone and nobody. His head a curved mirror to the souls he had come to save. The richest businessman, the poorest beggar. Did you know that Pepsi Man is made of 100% pure mercury, which is why you can never touch him? No. Is it ethyl mercury or methyl mercury? Um, I think it's ethyl because ethyl was his mother's name. I think the ethyl mercury is fine. The richest businessman, the poorest beggar, the starving and the helpless. Logan, are you hungry? I'm literally constantly hungry. <laughs> the children in the dam. Why did you bring it up? Now I have to think about how hungry <laughs> I am. <laughs> the oppressed and their oppressors. All would see the truth of themselves and his visage. And in that moment, be enlightened. Muscular, tall, a paragon of the human male ideal. David Hubbard. Hi. <laughs> I am a human male. <laughs> the paragon of the human ideal. No, 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 no. Just, just a human male. Are you muscular and tall or just tall? Tall. I'm working okay. on a muscular bit, though. I need to crank it in the gym more because I haven't gone to the gym in a while. But yeah, I mean, if you crank your hog in the gym, you're going to boost your testosterone just in time for muscles. Just, just in time for muscle season. <laughs> If I tried to crank my hog in the gym, I'd get thrown out because I think that's indecent exposure. Yeah, you do it in a stall like a normal person. I don't jerk where I shit. A normal person? We're just going to let that one go? Bro, I'm from Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're not from Garfield. Logan, that's our next t-shirt. Is It's going to have a picture of you with your arms crossed and just says, bro, I'm from Baltimore. I said, bro. Whatever. Where was I? The image many desired, and one that would command respect and awe, but not the final metamorphosis of his form. No, as the people of Earth grew and released the shackles of their own preconceptions, so too would their ideal chance towards something more mercurial, oh, so there's the mercury, and adaptable. Countless alternate flavors and rebrandings to reflect the full range of life. Metallic hardy and clad in the colors of the brand capital b not just for association with the source isn't that what the radio shack became yes it is okay not just a reminder of his duty capital d but a promise of the future to come iron copper steel aluminum and gold metal had always been a sign of progress of strength of transforming knowledge into greater triumphs over nature unbending, uncompromising in his resolve, and able to endure any hardship. A perfect companion to those who'd bitten, clawed, and hunted, and outran and invented their way out of the constant fight for survival, and through sheer stubbornness, made their home on this rock, hurtling through space. Thanks, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Speed, a sign of urgency, of care, of commitment to his service. And another aspect of the modern world. I'd say that speed is more of a... Uh, Racer? Well, that, I mean, that's good too, but I was <laughs> going to say speed is more of an indicator of velocity than anything else. All right. Thanks, Carl. <laughs> Go back to being Carl Sagan. <laughs> speed is more of an indicator of philosophy than anything else. Uh. Not... That's the wrong Carl I was referencing. <laughs> no, oh. that's the right Carl. <laughs> <laughs> and another aspect of the modern world. <laughs> Of the incredible change wrought in such a short span compared to how long it took life and stardust and planets and beasts to come this far to be people. Carl, my name is also Carl, and I <laughs> want to say that 
you should have been the voice of <laughs> the science show that I was on. Thank you, billions and billions of stars in this universe where I can find me some titties. Yeah! I also like to find me some titties. To be ushering in a new era themselves. He had no need to limit himself to moving in just three spatial dimensions, of course. I was very, very high all the time. All the time. Every day. About a pound a reef. <laughs> it could easily warp space-time to be exactly where he was needed. It sure did. But the sight of him running brought about a primal reaction. Perhaps it was some lost remnant of Homo sapiens hunter-gatherer past of endurance runner or some deep need to go fast, <laughs> to break barriers, to go beyond. Plus ultra. A sense of pain, of empathy. To be a companion to them, he must do more than take their shape. For them to understand him and his message, he must first know them and share their crushing defeats, their hopeful wishes, their fond memories, the loss and frustration of love and joy. This shit ain't hot, Cup. I gotta read something else to get hard. Mm. Sean, you're up. By caring, he knows who to prioritize, who needs his delivery the most, who are parched in a desert of despair and need to be refreshed on who they truly are to return to the path they once walked. And with these illogical, contradictory, chaotic, and compulsive emotions, the agent of forces beyond becomes flawed, mortal, able to clumsily run into obstacles and trip. Humor. Slapstick. Another connection to break the ice before giving them the ice-cold good news. The secret formula is complete and awaiting final quality assurance. The Avatar, the Herald, our messenger, the bringer of the new age. Next age. Bringer of the next age. Savior of the future and a friend to us all. Mickey Mouse. One drop is all it takes. It erases all doubt. He is perfectly suited to the task. Now, I took the Pepsi challenge back in the day, and I'm pretty sure one drop of Pepsi did not erase any of my doubt. What's the Pepsi challenge? The Pepsi challenge was like right around the year 2000 is you would get a cup of Coke and a cup of Pepsi and you'd say, what tastes better? For me, I was just like, this is Pepsi. I know what it is. I'm not going to tell you which one I like more. I can just identify it. So you're just being a jackass. Exactly. I was 14. Are you telling me you were in a... Well, didn't I meet you when you were 14? I don't remember what age I was when we first met. I think... But he's 12 right now. I think I was 16 <laughs> when we first met. You were dressed as um, Link, Link, I believe, at yeah. Otakon. All right, yep. so that was 16? He came to town. I think that was came 16. Came to save the Princess Zelda. It's hard to remember. It is hard to remember. It was so many years ago. Holy shit, this is the first episode of the new fucking decade. That's weird. All right, Sean. Time is a flat circle. Just like the disc world. That's why clocks are round. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you got it in one. <laughs> How could he not be? For all that fate interfered. For all the deities above and beyond may have puppeteered their grand design. He is an our image. His changing decision... Yeah, the design. His changing design was penned by mortals. Did y'all play Pepsi Man before or after became an internet sensation? I've never played it. Never played it. Really? I don't care. 
it's up to 3D graphics, which is great, but... Oh, okay. Logan, have you played it? No, no, uh, I'm not that old. I mean, I didn't play it on an actual PlayStation, but I played it, I think, in, like, 2004 or 2005. Why? Because I had started my emulation horde back then, and I was like, wait a minute, I didn't... Pepsi made a game? I gotta play this. And then I played it, and I'm like, this is fucking terrible. I don't want to bring people Pepsi. I don't know who this dude is eating chips and telling me to drink Pepsi. His name is Mike Butters, by the way. I know it's Mike Butters, Dave. I've seen him. Fucking be respectful. I know him, like Jesus. You know him in the same way you know Jesus? That's sacrilege. To Pepsi Man. To Pepsi Man? (laughs) His potential may have been engineered by forces beyond our comprehension, but our ability to make him real... To set off that fizz, the cosmic battle cap or ring pull of change. Pure, full sugar, unadulterated, human, genius, Kanye West. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, did it, did it say that? <laughs> no, it didn't. No artificial additives or flavorings, except not substitutes. With the choice of the new generation locked in, we truly had something for everyone. A hero to refresh the world, to change the script of our dull day-to-day drudgery. You know, I was looking up Pepsi cars, and I have to say, at least the Pepsi part of this car isn't the stupidest-looking part of it. Those rims are terrible. Oh, why? Is that a Crown Vic? Uh, I think that is an old Crown Vic, like a decommissioned police car, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they use a lot of those for taxi cabs up here. Ah, get in the Pepsi cab instead. Ride Mm. with Pepsi, man. A hero to refresh the world. Do you think Ride with Pepsi Man would be a good porn series? Sure. Yeah. Comedians in cars getting coffee? Except it's a... No, it's like Fake Taxi, but with Pepsi Man. I, I, was, I was thinking more like uh, Fake Taxi or Bang Bus, but sure. Potential penis with Pepsi Man. You have to earn the penis. He pulls down his pants and it's just a big, thick bottle of Pepsi. <laughs> or you have to mold it out of his molten mercury body. His ejaculate is just Pepsi. That would suck to have put in you. You're either going to get a Pepsi enema or you're going to get a Pepsi yeast infection. Well, that's why you would swallow. So are you under the impression you can't get yeast infections in your asshole? Uh, Because I have some unfortunate news for you. Oh, that would explain why I'm shitting bread. (laughs) A new way to play the game. A taste for life. A bolt from the blue. Our child and Messiah had a name. Things would never be the same. Pepsi for pizza and TV game. Yes! The one called Pepsi Man finally came. Chapter 2, Awakening. Born to run. Born to run! It was a strange and frightening experience to be disconnected from the source, from the everywhere and nowhere, to find oneself no longer part of the ever-flowing soda stream between this realm and the next. Physicality. Time. The universal constraints of the prime material plane. So it was a dazed and bewildered Pepsi man that met humanity on that fateful day. All right, Logan, you're up. Cut off from the great beyond, struggling to remember, to think, to process. For in the before times, his purpose had been so clear, but the sights and sounds and scents of civilization threatened to overwhelm his senses. He knew that he had to save humanity had to help them return to their path of greatness, to forge a better future, to reach the stars. He had to. Are you also going to go into Carl Sagan? Not frighten people. 
frightened the people of the city he had woken up in, who were staring at him with various expressions that spanned the whole spectrum of emotion. Not gonna lie, I put planetarium music on in the background and it works so well. I have smoked so much pot today <laughs> so that I'm going pot. to talk about stars. You guys are gonna have to coach me into sounding like Carl Sagan on my next read-through. It's really no. easy. It's really easy. It's really easy. Just speak with a strange cadence and oh. have a buttery smooth afterthought. And believe in the fact that Pepsi men fucks. <laughs> that was more of a Mufasa, but <laughs> Simba, Pepsi man, Pepsi fucks. man, Pepsi man engorged on his own. All the light that touches belongs to Pepsi man. A pause, and then, for the most part, <gasps> life in the city continued as normal. It was not a spectacle to them. Just some other weirdo in a full skin-tight suit. A PR stunt. Obsessive cosplayer or ill-fated attempt at humanoid robotics on a field test. Those are my guests. You guys go on without me. After Logan is Dave, after Dave will be Sean again. For even those closest to the metallic humanoid as he walked down the pavement, those who could see something otherworldly in his movements, in the way his sleek frame reflected a fuller set of colors than the gray urban surroundings. They all said nothing and cast the oddity from their minds, eager to resume their daily routine. The lies people tell themselves are often easier than facing the truth, after all. Still, even through his confusion, he grappled with moving his limbs. With the noise assailing his mind, he could taste their judgment. The bitter flavor of dismissal. Tasted like Mountain Dew. The harsh sting of the people of man not recognizing their son. Empathy, the blessing of his makers, was but currently his curse. There was so much suffering, so much hate, so this is such a fucking weird fic. <laughs> so much sorrow all bottled up and hidden behind countless masks of decorum and fake smiles. Anxiety and stress, the weight of guilt and shame, a toxic cocktail that society continued to shake without ever pausing or letting the pressure go. A thousand broken souls who no longer had to hunt and fight against Mother Earth to survive, but were slowly but surely dying all the same. A homeless man sat in the same spot he'd been begging in for the past six months, had lost his job due to corporate downsizing as investors chased ever-growing profits. Prejudices from the family meant to support him had cut him off from those who could help, while harsh landlords and cutthroat job markets gave him no time to recover. Medical expenses, on top and a dozen other events building on one another, spiraling further and further, eyes devoid of hope, they all walked past him without a second glance. A chatty young lady animatedly exchanged gossip with her circle of friends, but her cheery tone and bright wardrobe hit a heart throbbing raw with the pain of loss, rejection, and self-loathing. Even surrounded by those who could help her, she lacked the ability to open up, lacked the self-worth to save herself. Every laugh rang hollow, 
as the mask continued to crack, but nobody noticed. This is depressing, right? Yeah. Does it stop being like this? No clue. Steve was the one who picked this. Oh boy, the next chapter is titled Pain. Oh, wow. David? What's up, man? Your turn. Oh shit, my bad. (sighs) Ah, pain. An elderly married couple sat on a nearby bench, clearly still in love and treated as a cute scene by the passersby as they fed the pigeons and reminisced together. How was it that two people who loved each other so strongly could chill and steal their hearts against their own daughter, carrying just as much love for her girlfriend? Mm. The gentle caring souls had volunteered their days at community events at the local church, but could spare nothing but malice for their own flesh and blood. A thousand broken souls and countless more. When had it started to rain? How long had he wandered? Lost and confused and afraid and sickened. Despite having no visible eyes or facial features, Pepsi Man, finally making an appearance in the show, glanced up at the angry clouds above. Through a partial break in the cloud cover, the sun tries valiantly to shed some light and color on this sorry monochrome state of a settlement. If anybody cared to stop, if anybody cared to look, perhaps the brightest eyes would spot the faintest rainbow in the sea of gray. If anybody listened a little harder, if you could bother to give them the time of day, maybe you'd have seen the light in the dark, the rainbow through the rain, the brave and willful voices shouting defiance against the status quo, the success stories of humanity, the everyday heroes whose praises went unsung, the rebels who still kept their inner child, who held, like this is wordy as fuck, but it's hella boring. Like, nothing has happened except a rainbow, and like, this is like, I just got my English degree and I'm writing my first novel and I have visions of grandeur of how good this is gonna be, but they didn't do like a second read-through, so they just kinda like, yeah, it's fine, editor will fix the rest, and the editor's just like, this is trash, nothing happens. Yeah, y'all want a cone dick for like 30 minutes while we wait for Steve-O to come back? Where did Steve-O go, anyway? Oh, He went uh, to go get his guest, Peter Chimera. He's the guy who wrote the space stories that Steve likes, right? No, like the space story? You mean Terry Pratchett? Those space stories he likes? No, Terry Pratchett's not showing up at Steve's house. Yeah, he's also dead. Oh, is he? Yes, he's been dead for years. I'm not dead, I'm back. It's Neil Gaiman who's still alive. That's who it is. Yes. So what's up? What'd I miss? Where are we? Drab and boring. Okay. You want to move on to something else? Yes. Please. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to skip ahead and just see what's going on. Okay, so it becomes a conspiracy story later. And then it talks about stock market prices. Oh. <laughs> Damn, dude, this is a snoozer, man. All right, so there you go. This is when Brady lights. When Brady lights. It's 11 p.m. The younger kids are in bed while Greg and Marsha are doing their homework and Alice retired after doing a quick cleanup in the kitchen. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. That is what this is. Sitting up in bed after reading, Mike reaches over to turn off the lamplight. As Carol snuggles up closer, kissing her tenderly, he slowly moves his hand inside the top of Carol's pretty light blue blue nightgown. Blue, blue. Softly massaging the nipples of her firm wrists. <laughs> oh, we're still going back to fucking <laughs> Carl Sagan. What's not sexy about Carl Sagan to you? I didn't say anything about it being sexy or not sexy. So in this story, all of the Bradys are actually Carl Sagan. Mike bends down to fondle then with the tip of his tongue. Ooh. Ah, honey. 
Carol moans as she begins to squirm her shapely hips, kissing Mike's ear as she coos, Honey, give me a long, hard one tonight. Okay. Reaching down, he slides his hand underneath the blue nightgown, slowly moving over Carol's light brown bush. Oh, it feels so good, she murmurs. Kissing him passionately, she pushes down Mike's pajama bottoms, then folds her fingers around his stiffening penis. Moving down and on the bed next to Mike's groin, Carol using her tongue to work down the eight-inch love shaft held tightly in her hand. First licking the throbbing head, she slowly works her way down to the testicles. Ooh, honey, he moans. I can't wait any longer. Placing Carol on her back, Mike lifts her gown, then mounts her as she guides his thick cock inside her wet, anxious buffet. Slowly pushing in halfway, Carol pants, Um, honey, fuck me good and hard. Going down fully to his balls, Mike begins a steady stroke. As she hugs his body, wait, isn't she on her back? I could have sworn she was on her knees. Eh. No, she's on her back. Okay. Yeah. Her story checks out. Okay, we're good. She didn't just suddenly become the TX or whatever it was. <laughs> Carol lifts her wide hips, meeting every downward thrust. Ugh. Oh. Ugh. Ooh. Mike. A soft suction sound filters through the room as Carol's love juices begin to seep out. Quickening the pace, Mike reaches down and cups her ample bottom cheeks, then moves hard and deep inside the snug pussy. Uh, oh, uh, oh, Mike, I'm coming. Driving her faster, Carol's heavy love cream flows over his large prick. As the creaking of the bed and Carol's vocal sounds filter through the furnace air ducts, Greg, doing homework in the attic, listens intently. Oh, yes, oh, my God, oh, my, yeah, oh, right there, big boy. You done? Yeah, I finished my thing. Fucking pay attention. Sorry, I'm trying to find what else we should be reading after the Brady thing. All right, ooh, where was I? Oh, oh my gosh. Page three. Page three. Okay, great. Ooh. Ah, Mike, faster. P- please. Oh, it's oh. so ooh, ooh, good. Oh. Oh. Gosh, Mom, ooh. sure is hot tonight. Yes. Sorry, I read that wrong. Gosh, Mom sure is hot tonight. That's right. It's a felony to tease the box. She wants a new Brady in the household. He thinks while rubbing the hardening manhood inside his pajamas. And cousin Timmy just won't do. Oh, God. I bet she's good. He thinks of his lovely stepmother. Okay. Uh, So it's just anime porn. All right. Whatever. Yeah. I just moved into the house with my new stepmom after my dad got me married, but he's on a business trip and she's hot. That's every fucking stepmom anime porn ever. They all start that way. And also normal porn now. I got the next one after this because I'm going to have to step away for a little bit again. Mm, must be nice to entertain guests and whatnot without the permission of the hosts. David, do I have permission to go entertain my guests? Council of three? I'll allow it. All right. I'll second that. Can he be in the audience? Uh, no. Oh, then I guess fine. <laughs> Begrudgingly. All right. All in favor? Aye. Aye. No, you don't get to vote. You're not the Council of three. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> The Council of Three is a mystic and unknowable force, which is me, Logan, and Sean. <laughs> As your reward, you get to read Club Penguin fan fiction after this. Oh, boy. Oh, come on. I want to do that. Yes, you're the one that's reading after me. You get to, Logan. You, you get to, Logan. You won the prize. Yay. <laughs> Yay. I, you know, I know Logan. 
even though it sounded sarcastic, that was actually a genuine yay. He, yeah, he, no, that's <laughs> just what my voice sounds like. <laughs> He's beside himself for the Club Penguin stuff. All right, where was I? Oh, Brady, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ooh, ah. Uh. After releasing her calm, Carolyn might go back to the steady stroking. It's a weird Phil Collins song. Moving in perfect rhythm. It's not unusual to be fucked by Greg Brady. It's not unusual to get eight inches of his penis. And when you have him inside your gaping vagina, don't you know that he's gonna do you right? She digs her fingers into his back, then folds her legs over his pumping hips. As the fucking becomes intense, they forget about noise. 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 Marcia doing her homework in the den and hears the creaking of the bed springs. Not a coherent sentence. Looking up at the ceiling just below their master bedroom, she sighs. God, are they enjoying themselves? Softly massaging her midsection, she smiles. Gee. Oh, oh, no. I wonder if dad is as big as Greg. <laughs> Do people ship the Brady with siblings? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 100%. To be fair, at least they're not real siblings. Yeah. Yeah. It's the whole, like, cruel intentions kind of thing. Well, I know. I get. Yeah, I get it. But I'm trying to figure out, what does Mike Brady do? Like, what's his job? He's a professional dad. I don't know, dude. Like, I was born in the year 93. How does he afford that hella good house and a live-in housekeeper? I would assume he's got a job similar to Tim the Toolman Taylor. TV show? Yeah, he's on the Brady Bunch. It was a TV personality. Oh, was he? Uh-huh. Tim Allen. No. <sighs> Tim Allen was Mike Brady. Pass it on. <laughs> I meant the character he played in the show had a television series in the show about tools. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. I forgot that like that was actually what he did and it was tool time on the <laughs> stupid <laughs> yes. Okay, Lack of Sense says that he was an architect and that pays well. So I'll, I'll allow that. All right. Hi Chalmers. It was also the 60s. Everyone could afford a home back then. Oh. Carol wraps her arms and legs around Mike's body and holds on for Hold his up, gushing release. Steve, I need you to hush for a second. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Friday Night Fan Fiction. Oh. Today's program, we're going to be discussing ah. the skyrocketing housing oh, market Carol. to the lovely sounds of the Brady Bunch oh. fucking. Uh, all that and more <laughs> coming up on Friday Night Politics. <laughs> and now, from America's newsroom, Friday Night Politics. <laughs> Emptying his heavy load inside her soaked pussy, Mike lays on Carol, totally exhausted. Phew, you sure were hot tonight. Yeah. You had a fever. The, the thermostat's just up very high. He pants while kissing her moist lips. Oh, Mike, I just love that big dick. <laughs> Which is as capitalized the proper name of somebody. <laughs> I love that big dick. Look at that big dick. She murmurs, laying back to sleep. Back upstairs in his attic room, Greg, who had stopped his homework to listen to his mom and dad. Here's the door open at the bottom of the stairs. Resident Evil 2 transition. That's how Thriller starts. Looking down, he sees Marcia. Hi, Greg. It's, it's Marcia. Marcia. You big bumbler. Hi, Greg. Can I come up? She asks. <laughs> she asks timidly, rubbing his already stiff penis. He answers, yes, of course, Marcia. Laza. But of course, that's another story. And I'll be right back. So it just ends like a cow and chicken episode. Just goes, and. Yeah. 
Wait, hang on. He didn't read the thing that comes at the end. Well, go for it, Logan. That's all you, man. It's okay to read stories about unprotected sex with others outside of monogamous monogamous relationships, even though this story wasn't one of those. But it isn't okay to have unprotected sex with people other than a trusted partner. Four million people around the world contract HIV every year. You only have one body per lifetime, so take good care of it. You reading that thing? Okay. You didn't read it, so you waived your rights. Yeah. I have the right to remain silent. Give me the Club Penguin fic now. Okay, hold on. Write meow. Write meow. Okay. Write about Here. meow. The funk soul brother. How a duck brought down the world. Author, Cool Cat 9. Genre, humor, and tragedy. I haven't vetted this at all, by the way, so if it's bad, it's bad. Summary. Quackity HQ's raid against an evil mouse. Now better than before. It's probably my best work. If you like this story, make sure to read and review this and my other stories. Biss on Mickey. How a duck brought down the world. Peter McQuack was a duck who came to the island of Kopi by the migrator. All right. On his journey to the island's town, he got conked on the head with a coconut and passed out on the beach. Peter had a dream where he proposed to his ideal love interest, a swan. The swan was all lovey-dovey over him. Were there like other kinds of birds you could be in Club Penguin? I don't know. I never played Club Penguin. David. What's up? Ask Liam about Club Penguin. Uh, He's not here, (laughs) so I can't. (laughs) Darn, our resources are so limited. I don't think he ever played Club Penguin anyway. I don't know what kids are doing these days. They all play Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah, but what did they do before that? Fortnite. Then a human came along and Peter watched his soon-to-be spouse beat the crap out of him. Oh, this is a crossover with Untitled Goose Game. She came back with the guy's severed arm and Peter took the ring off the arm's ring finger. He held it out to the swan and that's when the dream ended. Hey, wake up, sleepyhead. Peter found himself being prodded by a penguin. He got up and examined the folk who woke him from his slumber. The penguin was orange and had a by and large t-shirt on. That's when Peter noticed the most horrible thing. The penguin had no pants on and his peas were sticking out. What's going on? Peter asked in an astonished manner. Oh, welcome to Kopi Island, the penguin said. Not that. Where are your pants? The penguin started to cry uncontrollably when Peter brought his lack of pants to attention. Oh, did I offend your culture or something? I'm sorry, Peter quickly said. We never get to wear pants, the penguin said. The cruel and evil dictator of our island, Mickey Mouse, (laughs) has put a huge tax... Okay, okay, I'm into it now. Yeah. For those of you in the know, you know that Disney bought Club Penguin and did a whole bunch of fucked up shit with it. This is what they're talking about. The cruel and evil dictator of our island, Mickey Mouse, has put a huge tax on pants. It's because of him the peasants are walking around with their pee, their pee-pees out. There is nothing we can do about it. Peter gasped. Holy cow, that is horrid, he said. The duck took some moments to think, and then a light bulb went off in his head. Killing him. I have a great idea, Peter said. Have any of you thought of protesting against the filthy rat king? Actually, no, we haven't, the penguin said. I think we shall protest against the malevolent Mickey. That's the spirit, Peter said. I'll come and help you guys out. And so Peter and his newfound friend headed towards the main town of Kopi Island. When they reached the said town, 
Peter's eyes widened in shock. The majority of the penguin population was pantsless. Most of those without pants had huge frowns on their faces. Any males who were victim to the pants tax had peas poking out from their feathers. <sighs> like there was a priapism epidemic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> However, that was secondary to the dark overlord Mickey's face being plastered everywhere. The outline of his head was all over the buildings, and there was a statue of the mouse's likeness in front of the town hall. Behind the town hall, atop a hill, was the fortress that Mickey ruled from, which was also shaped like him. Aha! Big Brother's always watching! This guy looks like a lunatic, Peter said. He's even worse in person, the penguin with him said. Take it from me. His ears always seem to point towards you no matter which way he's facing. It's almost as if he's always listening to your every move. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a protest to organize. We have. We have a protest to organize. Why is he excusing himself then? I don't know. The penguin then rallied up the other villagers, and soon everyone paid attention to the duck in town. Peter cleared his throat. I'll go next. My fellow penguins, Peter announced. Even though I be a duck, I feel the pain you go through in your daily lives. In the midst of the priapism waves spreading against the seas, we are all walking without shields because a vile rodent put an expensive tax on an important article of clothing. But we will stand for it no longer. Tomorrow, we will fight against this violation of avian rights. Who's with me? Everyone, can you join me with this line? Yeah, sure, buddy. We, we are! Said a group of penguins. I am! Said a singular penguin. Newt, Newt! Said another. Uh, that's a funny joke. Mm-hmm. All right, said Peter. Follow me. We've got some preparations to do. All right, I'm back. Are we still going? Yes. Okay, is this a good story? Yes. <laughs> Is that... I'm not hearing it. Did you kill Logan and David? I'm still here. Okay. The next day, the higher noblesmen of the village, who could actually afford pants, were startled awake by voices from the plaza. Wait a minute. Being able to afford pants? Yeah, pants are heavily taxed, so no one can afford to wear them. Oh, man. Late-stage capitalism is the worst. I know. The moment they opened the front door of their igloos... They were greeted by an amazing sight. <laughs> Quack my sack! Bring free pants back! Hundreds of pantsless penguins crowded the plaza, shuffling their feet and stomping the ground. In the front was the single duck who led the march. The higher class couldn't get anywhere with the huge mob in the way. They couldn't even use detours. At the entrances to the back roads stood protesters wearing very bulky... Mike Wazkowski costumes. Wazowski. Wazowski costumes, which were stolen from Mickey's personal store on the island. The costumes formed effective blockades. Quack my sack! Cause pants we lack! Quack my sack! Bring free pants back! The gates to Mickey's fortress opened, and the dreaded mouse himself strolled on out. He was now overlooking the hundreds of protesting penguins. <laughs> Let's see if I can keep the voice up here. What the hell is going on here? Mickey said in his trademark voice. Uh-huh. I was just about to count my money. Uh-huh. Quack my sack. 
bring free pants back! No! You stupid peasants will never get pants for free! Living on this island is a service! And you stupid birds need to pay for luxury! Uh-huh! Plus my friend Donald never wears pants! So shut up! One of the penguins then produced a snowball and flung it at the stupid mouse. Other penguins began doing the same thing. Quack my sack! The crowd <laughs> chanted again. Don't you have a new roommate? Yeah. <laughs> I assume you briefed them on... Uh... Oh, they know yeah. about the show. Okay, good. Can't wait for Judy to say, David, why are you yelling, quack my sack? <laughs> Dave, start screaming about quack my sack. No, don't. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> pants we lack! Mickey wiped the snow off his face and growled viciously. Okay, you know what? Mickey stated. From now on, the word pants is now banned from being spoken. You can't do that to me. That's trampling on my rights. Except for me, huh? Anyone who even utters the word will be punished by death. <laughs> Quack, my... Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Sean's roommate just walked in. <laughs> Said Peter, as he realized the danger they were in. Everyone, fall back. Fall back. Many penguins followed the duck's command and scattered. Some did not and ended up saying pants. Those unfortunately few were targeted by floating white gloves that launched from Mickey's fortress. Their disembodied hands crushed the penguins against the ground, killing them. Oof. Feathered fiends! <laughs> Mickey said as he went back inside his fortress, laughing. All right, my turn. Later on in a remote cave of Kopi Island... Peter and his crusaders were plotting their next course of action. Is this what Club Penguin was actually like? I mean, this is a dramatization, but yes. <laughs> when Disney bought out Club Penguin, they did make pants like really expensive. And there actually was a revolution. Wait, what? <laughs> and they did ban saying the word pants. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> the taut political intrigue of Club Penguin. Wow. Thanks to that rodent, we lost 25% of our people, one of the penguins said with anger and lament. However, a couple high-class folk join us because banning an innocent word is such a stupid thing to do. What are your thoughts, Peter? What do I think? Said Peter. Ask yourselves. Would a good ruler ban the utterance of an innocent word just because people were angry at not having what said word describes? No. No king, mayor, or president does that and gets away with it. Hasn't North Korea banned certain words being uttered? Yes. Yeah, so is China. But not pants. Nobody's banned pants. Nobody goes that far. Yeah, just Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> he does look like Winnie the Pooh a little bit. Mm-hmm. My PP hard claimed a penguin trying to hide his genius in shame. What? He's prepism. Don't worry, Peter reassured. You'll get something to hide that soon enough. Peter turned back to the crowd. Mickey has proven himself to be a corrupt leader, he stated. I think it's more important that he's taken out than arguing about the tax on p trousers. Remembered, we can't say that. Mickey Mouse is watching, said a penguin from the crowd. Yes, I know, said Peter, but we will tell that mouse that he is not wanted here. Mickey will not divide us. We will overthrow his hold of the island. Mickey will not divide us, the penguin said triumphantly. Now, Peter continued, We've got a hold of buckets with yellow paint and a few jackhammers. I have a few ideas on where to go with this. Be sure to get a good drink early tomorrow morning. The next day at the town started just like any other. 
Some of the higher class was moving about. Others were just chilling. And then one penguin noticed something in the distance. What is that? He said. Peter was coming into the town, but behind him was an army of penguins coated in yellow paint. Peter stopped at the edge of the plaza, but the yellow army marched on. They congregated at the statue of Mickey in front of the town hall. The other residents were wondering what was going on. Then, a few penguins whipped out jackhammers and started chiseling at the statue's feet. Oh, it's like trying to flip the island again. Within moments, the giant statue toppled over and crashed into the center of the plaza. The high-class residents stared mouths agape, or agape, at what was happening. Then, the yellow penguins started to chant, Biss on Mickey! The yellow penguins yelled, Biss on Mickey! As a few penguins continued chanting, the rest of the yellows aimed their P's and G's and urinated on the fallen statue. Assuming you can't do that in the actual club penguin. Uh, no, you cannot pee. You can't biss on Mickey? I think biss on Mickey is the thing that they said. Really? And then, like, the the thing where he's describing where they're positioning the P's in such a way to make it look like it says piss on Mickey? Yeah, I think that's a thing that happened. In no time flat, the statue was covered by and resting in a pool of yellow, foul-smelling liquid. Gross. Mickey opened the gates of his fortress again. Biss on Mickey is coming up with actual Google results, so yeah, that's definitely a thing that fucking happened. Great. (laughs) And just stood there watching. No emotion was visible, but there had to be a violent storm running within his mind. Two of the penguins urinating looked up at the mouse. They smiled and waved with faux innocence. Excuse me for a moment. Mickey said as he went back into his fortress, he left the gates open. Who's up next? David? Cool. Got a biss on Mickey, biss on I'm good. Got a biss on Mickey, good. Biss on Mickey, biss on Mickey. A bunch of penguins started throwing snowballs again at the gates of Mickey's fortress. This time most of them were soaked in penguin pee. Have you ever heard someone so eloquently sing penguin pee? Can't say that I have. Uh, a few moments. Mickey came back out of the fortress, except now one of his gloves was made of gold and had crystals in it. A urine-flavored snowball hit Mickey on the head as he reached the fortress gate. The Mickey shook the filthy snow off and looked down upon the town with a scowl. Biss on Mickey, biss on Mickey. I have a message for all you pingles, ha huh? Mickey said. Since I'm getting less money from the taxes in this joint... I decided that I'll be ending this island and move on to greener fields. Toodles. Ha uh-huh. ha. Mickey then raised his golden glove in the air and snapped his fingers. I don't, I don't feel so good. A yellow penguin said, then another and another. Soon all the penguins on the island were falling dead like dominoes. Surprisingly, Peter wasn't affected, probably because he was a duck. Mortimer Mouse, you are a monster, said Peter softly. All the peasants wanted was pants, and you killed the whole community. No one's going to forget this, Mick. Not on my watch. Suddenly, the hill the fortress was atop started to give way and crumble, revealing a massive flying battleship, with the fort itself being the bridge. The ship lifted in the air and turned to face Peter. A cannon on the ship's front started charging. Pants, eh? Mickey said through a loudspeaker. Cred, Peter said. Ellipses. Ellipses. And that's the story of how Club Penguin Island fell to capitalist greed. CPI may be gone in the blizzard, but the tale of how Disney screwed the popular online game will not be forgotten. 
spread the story along and continue to fight this on Mickey. Mickey. Don't you fucking take my Mickey thunder. Mickey, you're so fine. They blow my mind, eh, Mickey? We got one more story to read tonight, guys. And we're reading Metroid Conspiracy Pasts of the Sin by 111 Samus Ridley Forever 2006, John. Oh, boy. Thanks for the reviews on Metroid High School. I have a new chapter, and I'm going to edit. Oh, no. Up in a day, but Zoe One reviewed and Saud maybe make a story that really happened in timeline, and I, though, okay, let's go. <laughs> this happens in Metroid Fusion. No flames or Sears. Yeah, Sears is no longer around. Yeah. The Metroid Conspiracy Pass of the Sin. We'll start with Sean, and then we'll go to Logan, and then I'll close it out for the night. All right, that means I can go. Laza! You didn't say no. I didn't say no. Laza! Go ahead, Sean, you're first. All right. It was a spaceship. Galactic. <laughs> a spaceship. <laughs> the captain was in his 35, and a conspiracy was abroad. What was it? The captain obeyed a di- disdirect order because he had to know the truth. The truth as it was. And expose to the people. It was his job, his destiny, and it must come out at risk of death, disease, or Edison. What now? Oh, shit. Shit. Yep, that's what this show is. Damn, bro. <laughs> oh, it was a joke, by the way. How many ones is that? Uh, lots. It's more than one. Yes. Yeah, a lot of ones. Samus was monster killing space pirates. When she got a call on her homophoner. What? Did it mean holophoner, but like... Yeah, maybe. Hello? She answers. Static. Yargle! Dead. No, say is not so. Samus shot off as she decapitated an elite pirate on the Aether. It was Captain Houston, and he was now dead because of Zebsians. But was it the Zebsians Samus wondered nightly? It's Zebasians. Okay, Zebasians. It may, 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 may day. A lot more ones. On the Houston ship, Captain Houston fought for stay alive, but it was too much to ask for. The meteoroids were fierce, and he only had a <laughs> plasma pistol. <laughs> That's just meteorids. My meteorids. New good. Not good. Enough at the least. Who the hell is on the behind? No, who the hell is the behind? Fuck this story. (laughs) (laughs) He could only wonder until our rumbly voice gargled. No, it cannot. Random quote. Houston cannot believe the conspiracy. It can. The sputer come. It is. Lots of ones. (laughs) Sam. (laughs) Sam, this was in the room of Riddlity. She hated him. But did she love him? I don't know. I'm pretty sure I have a love-hate relationship with my buddy David here. I mean, I love him, but I hate how much taller he is than me. And you also hate me. Don't forget that part. Have you ever considered just not being so short? Yeah. Have you ever decided <laughs> yeah. to get, you know, like... They, they <laughs> Leg can, implants? Yeah, they can give you the stuff the space shuttle was made out of. Titanium alloy forest. Or I could just get, like, the leg extensions that were added to Ethan Hawke's legs in Gattaca. Yeah. Sure. Obscure reference that nobody will care about. 
I got it. I like Gattaca. It's a good movie. I never watched Gattaca. Oh, I have a Blu-ray rip that's available on Steve's Plex server. Go watch it. <laughs> I already own a physical DVD copy of it. I've just never watched Don't it. Don't watch the... Fu- You're not going to see every pour on Ernest Borgnine's <laughs> face if you don't watch my version. I'm good, I'm good man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is what's wrong with America. You have people going out here buying DVD quality films and not stepping up to Blu-ray. How is Sony going to eat at night at dinner? How are they going to afford dinner if you don't buy Blu-rays? Maybe Sony, if we bought more Blu-rays, would have bought Club Penguin and kept it alive. So you're saying if I buy Blu-rays, Sony will start feeding me because I'm hungry? Yes. (laughs) That is exactly what I'm saying. Just don't tell them I sent you. I'll tell them Babe sent me. Steve, acknowledge my meme, you (laughs) dum-dum. It's been acknowledged. Thank you. Samus, I know we must kill each other, but there is a secret. I love you. Real deep. Propescent? Propescent? Propescent. Samus was a shocker. Ridley, there are feelings too. (laughs) Yes, there are. But is it really sex? Ridley's head nuded. Yes, sex. Samus shook her head, but then jumped on Ridley. But instead of dragooning, she made out. There were passion, and she was ready to unblow the bottle that she had kept secret for the entire life of womaning and scornless. Life that was far too short for guessing. Even if the wrong guess turned out to be the right. Go ahead, Logan. All right. One 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 Can I tell you an embarrassing story? Sure. Okay, well it's not really embarrassing, it's just stupid because I was a fucking kid and I thought it was rad, but looking back it's super not rad. My sister had one of those educational like LCD it's it's supposed to be a computer, but it's actually not a computer. Oh, you mean like learning with Leaper? Uh, kinda. We're talking like 1991 here, so... Yeah, the Fisher-Price ones they used to make. Right, so one of the modes on it is you could play music using the one, two, three, four, so on and so forth for a Do-Re-Mi scale, and my favorite thing to do, because you could program a song and it would play it back, I would just do, like, 80 Do's, then, like, a <laughs> bunch of Fa's. You would program it and it would just play it back. You'd be like one, 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 and then like it would do that for a while, and then it would go. I'm like, yeah, that's my jam right there. Was it this one? No, it looked like an actual keyboard controller, or like it had a full keyboard, and it was way before this. We're talking like when I say LCD, I'm talking like it had a calculator display LCD screen. So you made music on an abacus. Yes. <laughs> Slap the beads together and it was hilarious. Man, this is the beigest thing I've ever seen. Look at this. Ooh, I think it would be before that or after that. So that's, I, I think it's after that. <laughs> I remember that thing. Same family, just not quite. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Logan. Houston was dead from the battle. And the secret died with him about the finding about finding out that killed the captain. His only hope was dying so that Samus would come to the rescue and stop the conspiracy that destroy Thruniverse. Too late, he thought. But maybe not for the children. Logan fucking gets it, man. 
Samus and Riley were ready for action. Scout, what are you doing in this story? But not the kind of action that they sexed. Ridley could almost not fit in the same ship. Samus ship. In the Samus ship. So he was flowing along in space, nixed in the ship. Samus did not know the distress beacon location. Bacon. God damn it. <laughs> distress bacon is my most tasty the bacon. distress bacon location. But she had a guess that she just might have it. Sure enough, Houston ship. Sure enough. God damn it. Yeah. You're the one that was excited to read this. Yeah, because it's funny. Sure enough, Houston's ship was dead in space. Dead like Samus reminisced for the 20 minutes. But she must keep the mind on the job and not the job of the past. Samus and Ridley were burst on the Houston ship. But there were fucking meterids all over the place. Shit! No, it wasn't an Alfie and it wasn't the smart studio one. It was earlier than that. We're talking earlier. Yeah, VTech was like 2000s and sooner. <laughs> Shit! Ridley fired back as backfired. he... Backfired. Backfired as he <laughs> fought a Omega Metord on the deck. Samus blew out the missiles and other meterid hunting equipment. She used to slaughter the jellies. The bladle was (laughs) (laughs) Asaurus. Asaurus. In the end, meterid blood was the one that stained the legal tender. But it wasn't legal enough. Ridley was decapitated. 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 Ridley, no! Samus soberly sobbed. We just met, and I love your... Charisma! <laughs> it is a shame. Rid- Ridley, Ridley, Breathe his last. A dead, dead shame. One 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 one. It was too late for love, and Samus did not give a bitch. She trotted down the friggin' stairs and whipped the shit out of the cargo bay door. She couldn't leave the inhabitant, the Alactic Federation. Ha ha ha. You caught us trying to breed Matteroids to destroy our enemies. The Galactic Senate snickered. No, you're the ones who don't understand. Metroids spelled properly for the first time this week. <laughs> yes. Our machines of destruction and war is not the option. Samus sermoned. Some were taken aback by words, but others, end of sentence. Take a see about this! A friggin' huge meterid attacked Samus, and it was a nemesine fight. Mother Brain against Samus. Mother Brain's not a meterid or a Metroid for that matter. <laughs> if I had known this, Ridley and the Zebesians are innocent. It's a shadow war. You're the communists! <laughs> 
Samus vaporized a senator who was a Republican. <laughs> this is not good, observed the leader of the government. Kill the question mark eh, children. <laughs> this was the final straw. The children were the only hope from the future. The only hope from the future. <laughs> the only repose <laughs> from the sins of the past. <laughs> future of the sands. Samus knew the only savior was the solution. The one way to erase the pasts of the sins, but at a price to pay. I am sorry, everyone, but I must destroy sin. Samus knew the disparate solution as she pressed a button. It was time to close her eyes for the last and enter the realm of the heroes like Gerben Birdie and FDR and Carter. Aaron Carter. He beat Shaq, you know. Yep. Who was Gerben Birdie? We don't know, but Aaron Carter beat Shaq. Did he also beat FDR? Uh, he could have. I mean, in, if the if the game was basketball, absolutely. From the play it below, the women and children rejoiced. The victory was over, but it was at a price. Samus and Ridley were dead for what they believe in, so they put up a statue for it. A man sat up and said words that everyone believed. Never forget the great. And it goes, and it goes, and it goes a little <laughs> something like this. Hit it. <laughs> Never forget the great. <laughs> Never forget <laughs> the traits. Always remember the late. I almost said latte. I said boom. I'm very I sorry that I stepped like away uh, to get a drink Hit of the water. Screaming, I'm uh, and missed you saying heroes like Gerben Birdie. Yeah, Gerben Birdie. So check me out. I thought David, I had the lead. Stop for a second. Then he started scoring my points on me. David, stop. Never forget the great. Never forget the traits. Always remember the late. Appreciate the rebate. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> the Gerben Birdie. I was throwing up bricks. He wasn't hitting on your shots. I knew there was a way that I could make him stop. I had a plan. I could change the pace. I said, yo, Shaq, you didn't tie your shoelace. Okay, this was plot-wise, and it was sort of like Final Fantasy IX at the end. Sorry, Final Fantasy XI at the end. Tell me who liked it, and the new chapter of Miss is online in a jimmy. I also thought it was kind of political because my friend made a political fanfic, and I thought it'd be a good try. Later! Good effort? I think that's going to do it for the night. Still getting used to this. Also, I don't think I have anything in the queue that can beat Gerben Birdie. Gerben Birdie. No. <laughs> so thank you very much to all of our patrons, especially our genital guardians. Afrohawk, Alexander Grass Dragon Corbett, Alternate Universe Sean watching G Gundam. Oh, sweet. What? <laughs> Cassandra McCarthy, Disambiguity, Discuss, Disdom Plays, Epidel, Evan Balmel, Matthew J., Pope Sloth XVII, Richard Pryor, 17 goats feeling each other up in the same elevator as you. Well then, that's a, that's a little aggressive for my taste. <laughs> and the waffle. And a very special thanks to our bowl game beneficiaries, Advent Dawn, Common Rider Woofy, Michael Fouch, Miri, Sarah for the win, and Wage. It's good to be back for the second week. The first live week, not the first in week. 
Yeah, first Hidden Week will be coming out soon, though, once we get the, the opening trailer done and figure out who was the father of my, my baby. Because I'm the mommy. I put it in the hoop like slam. I heard the crowd screaming, I'm jam. I swear that I'm telling you the facts. Because that's how I beat Shaq. That's how you beat Shaq. That's how I beat Shaq. That's how you beat Shaq. That's how I beat Shaq. That's how you beat Shaq. That's how I beat Shaq. That's how you beat Shaq. That's how I beat Shaq. And now we're away. All right, Thank good. God. <laughs> I don't have to hear you say Shaq again. <laughs> Shaq. Hi there. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Fan Fiction. Be sure to check out FridayNightFanFiction.com, where you can sign up to be a guest on the show, submit fan fictions for us to read, and join our Discord server to hang out with us. All backing music used in Friday Night Fan Fiction is available via Overclocked Remix at ocremix.org. Be sure to check them out for over 3,000 fan arrangements and 60 fan arrangement albums of free video game music. Ending credits music, Koopa Nova by Diodes. Opening musical credits, Respite by Emunator. We hope you enjoyed listening to this, and we'll catch you next episode. <laughs>